We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast on Rams Talk Radio. And when I say Rams Talk Radio, I mean iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, and iebeatradio.com airing Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time because we're everywhere, guys. And joining me is Johnny Gomez, a happy camper after a pretty good Rams victory on Sunday, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't be any happier. Uh, you know what? They should make a Rams camp, though. I, I, I'd totally attend. <laughs> Were you at the game? Sadly, I was not. I wanted to go, but you know what, man? It was hotter than hell. That, that's I, what I heard, I like yeah. That. I gotta, I'm going to stay home and, and finish an article. <laughs> yeah, man. People people are a little critical of the crowd at the game. I, you know, I don't have enough. I'm not there. I, I don't really have an opinion on it right now, but... It's hard to sit out in that kind of stadium for that long, man, especially 
when it's a game that either they're going to win pretty easily and it's not going to be that entertaining or they're going to lose and you're going to be really, really pissed off leaving the stadium. Even if it's like an exciting game that comes down to the wire, I mean, would we have been happy about that? I feel like we've been pretty angry if that game come to the came down to the wire, especially knowing what we know now. I'd be pissed. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. This is not a team that the Rams should struggle against, and they didn't. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, let's let's jump right into it while we're at it. It was a 34 to nothing victory for the Los Angeles Rams over the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals didn't cross midfield until the end of the game. The Rams pretty handedly dominated on offense. Jared Goff threw an interception, but other than that, they only punted twice. No other turnovers. Let's let's start with the negatives. Do you have any? Let me think really hard about this for a second. Other than a couple of passes that that Jared Goff made, you had mentioned the interception. I don't even know if I can necessarily fault him for that because at that point I know Goff wasn't really, you know, playing conservatively. He was basically he was basically just airing the ball out at that point because they were already up by a good margin. I, I couldn't recall, you know, what what exactly the point margin was at that point. He he just tossed something out. He was being chased by uh, Chandler Jones, I believe, and he just saw an opening or a slight opening rather, and well, he threw it on the side of Patrick Peterson, and of course Peterson made him made him pay for it. But again, at at the you know they ended up recovering the ball at like the two or three yard line. So I don't even necessarily know if I fault him for that too too much. Just I hope he doesn't continue to play like that you know I don't want him to develop any bad habits out of this yeah so here's the thing about the interception it's third and nine in the third quarter like you said they're up 19 and nothing they, they're in full control and they are on the Cardinals 21 yard line now remember we don't have a kicker so this they're not kicking a field goal here they so Jared Goff I liked it you know it was a it didn't work out I don't think many corners would have intercepted that pass. It wasn't the best pass, but it was also a great play by Peterson, who's one of the best in the league. It's funny how the Cardinals have multiple best in the league players and are this bad. But anyways, so you're not going to kick field goal there. I guess he could have made the conservative play, tossed it out of bounds, lived to fight another day, play fourth down. But I kind of respect the, the pass there. And, I, I feel like I say this every week. We've watched so many years of Rams football where they would never even consider to make a play like this. They never even consider that pass. They just throw it out of bounds. They they don't try to go deep. They don't try to do anything interesting. And here we are with a guy who's got a comfortable lead. He's trying to squeeze it into a pocket. And it's not the riskiest situation. The odds of the Cardinals getting that ball, making a hard drive down the field, and then winning the game were pretty low. At that point, they hadn't given any reason to believe that that would happen but yeah I was fine with it it wasn't the best throw but he's still learning it's it's a play that I kind of liked him going for and it didn't work out we lived to fight another day so whatever he did miss that throw to Robert Woods which was pretty brutal he was wide open in the end zone a little bit too wide open it was kind of that Nick Full syndrome where you kind of would rather just squeeze it into really tight spaces all game instead of actually making the easy throws. But 
I'm going to give him a pass on that one, too. I don't know how you feel. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, most of his passes were good. If you make two bad passes in a full game, the rest of the team should probably get you a win. And he was a part of the win, but everyone, everyone stepped up. When's the last time we had a Rams game where we could sit here and say, yeah, I don't have any negative things to say besides one mediocre pass? It's been quite a long time since I've ever had that privilege to say that. Uh, maybe back in the Greatest Show on Turf era? Yeah, yeah maybe. I, 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 would, I would have to go all the way back then, I think. But, there, I mean, sure, there was moments that they could have, you know, played a little bit better, but defensively, I would say they were, for the most part, flawless. I really am struggling to think what they could have done better. But, I, I mean, nothing, man. If you don't no. let a team pass midfield until 30 seconds left in the game, that we have perfect quarterback ratings. That's what I would consider a perfect defensive rating. They don't even, not even sniffing the red zone. They didn't even pass midfield. They played the whole game in their own territory. And so my question for you on that is, who gets more credit for that? The Rams defense or the Cardinals offense? You know, I'm not going to bash too much on the Cardinals offense because, okay, let me put it this way. Is the Cardinals offense good? I wouldn't say so, no. But at the same time, there are some star-studded players on this team. They still had David Johnson who they were frustrated because he couldn't get anything going. He he couldn't get the ball moving whatsoever. And, of course, you know, when you're trailing by so much at the end, you got to abandon the run. And then you have to force Sam Bradford to pass. And Bradford was not comfortable in the pocket at all. You know, there wasn't many sacks on the at the stat line. But at the end of the day, he was being rushed and hurried to the point where he, he wasn't hitting any of his targets too often. And he couldn't find Larry Fitzgerald too much. And, well, he got injured semi-mid-game. There, there just wasn't anything going well for that offense. So I'm not going to say that this is a poor offense because there are some star-studded players there. I'm not going to say it's a great offense, but I'm going to give this uh, win basically to this defense because the defense was phenomenal. This is exactly the type of defense that wins Super Bowls. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there was a horrible offense. And (laughs) the, the Rams defense does deserve the credit because there's one guy that they really need to prepare for and that's David Johnson, and they did. But we know from experience when you have a terrible offense with one good player, find ways to get in the damn ball. Now find a way to let him have some space, give him some breathing room. And, you know, Steven Jackson, who I'm referring to, was able to run for 1,000 yards in eight straight seasons. If they can't get David Johnson a thousand yard season, it's a disaster because this I've said it before, I think he might be the most talented running back in the NFL. And he might he didn't look like it on Sunday. It was kind of a similar Todd Gurley esque twenty sixteen situation, which as a David Johnson fantasy owner, I'm I'm praying we don't get into, but God they, their offense was just so uninspiring. They didn't do anything creative. They didn't do anything to try and switch it up and get David Johnson the ball in the space he needed. And 
Sam Bradford, my God, dude. He was absolutely terrible. Like, I, I don't – I like Sam Bradford. I don't have a kind thing to say about him after that game, man. He, I think they're going to let him start this week just so Josh Rosen doesn't have to get thrown to the Bears. And then I feel like that's it. That's all we'll see from him for the rest of the season unless he goes out – swinging that game which he's not going to i'll just i'm gonna say he's not gonna have a good game against the bears because there's absolutely no reason to believe that he's capable of it right now i I just got to feel for sam bradford a little bit because just think about what you just said there right now he just went against aaron donald and sue and now he has to go against khalil mack in that you know terrorizing bears defense good luck bradford And so I, by the time this podcast is out, by the time you're probably listening, I'll have an article on Roto Baller about David Johnson. And I kind of mentioned that I know it's the Rams and you could give the Cardinals somewhat of a pass for playing this bad against probably the best defense in football, but they scored six points against Washington last week and Sam Bradford didn't play any better in that game. David Johnson played a little better, but like you have a bad game against Washington you're, you have a terrible game against the Rams. I mean, there's something is amiss and something is like very, very wrong with that offense. And we're not going to make the playoffs this year, but if they want to have any hope of doing anything, they need to switch it up. Whether it's Josh Rosen, whether it's just finding new ways to get David Johnson the ball, I don't know, but they need to do something because it's brutal. But enough about the Cardinals. This is not Cardinals talk. This is Rams talk. So let's continue to talk about the Rams. And how about we go to the special teams where two big performances happened here because Greg Zerline left the game with a groin injury and Pharaoh Cooper is out for a couple weeks, maybe a couple months. We're not, not too sure the timeline yet. But let's talk about Jojo Natson, who we didn't even mention him when we talked about him last week. He was the Rams kick returner in the preseason behind Pharaoh Cooper. Tough battle to make the team, obviously, when you're going behind an all-pro return man we didn't need to keep two return man he didn't make the team luckily we were able to go out and get him and he was fantastic how do you feel about jojo in this you know jojo's is gonna make this a tough decision you know when cooper comes back this is this is the type of player that you want a guy that is trying to fight his a way to make a name for himself and at this point if, if natson continues to have these kinds of performances the Rams aren't going to want to cut this guy. He, he's going to be too valuable to cut. And at that point, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams do because, you know, there's going to be all kinds of other teams in the NFL that are going to have their eyes on, on Natson if he has this performances week in and week out. Yeah, I even if he doesn't keep the kicker turner job, and unless he really, really goes off like this level every single game, I feel like they will give it back to Cooper just because of how good he was last year. But I, I think Natson's earned a spot on this team. I think it, it's prob- if he continues to play close to this level, it's going to be hard to k- cut him. And they're not going to be able to get him on the practice squad because somebody's going to go sign that dude, Look, considering how impressive he looked. So I think he will keep a spot on the roster. Maybe they'll try and develop him at receiver a little bit. Maybe they'll try and get him some of those little Tavon Austin gadget plays. God. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so it, he was, he was really impressive, man. And it's, it's crazy that we just replace an all pro like that. And we feel this good about it. That's, that speaks testaments to less need that speaks testaments to bones coach fossil there on the special teams. And 
we got to talk about Johnny Hecker too, man. I mean, <laughs> making a, a field goal, it wasn't that far, but he did make an extra point, which is farther now. And I know we could sit here and act like, yeah, every punter should be able to kick and every kicker should be able to punt. They're not practicing that. That's like saying that every wide receiver should be able to run the ball. That's not what they do. That's something they've been training for. It's tough to just step in there and play a position you don't play in any sport. You're a right fielder in baseball. You switch to the left field. It's not seamless. It's a little bit easier than going from kicking to punting, but that's not the position he plays, and he was asked to step up, and he did. And I also – I mentioned this in my five stars of the game article on Ramsock.net. If you haven't read it, go check it out. It, we don't – I – I feel like we do appreciate Hecker, but sometimes just being a great punter can go unnoticed because you really only notice bad punting. And same with long snapping. You don't notice good long snapping. You notice when there's a bad long snap. But he just – they're never ahead of the 20-yard line, I feel like, in any scenarios. And most of the time this season, Hecker's only punted four times, which is pretty crazy, and two of them – have been behind the 10. And one was a touchback, and one was in between the 10 and the 20. So, I mean, we're just lucky to have this guy, man. I just wanted to give him a shout out. He's a great dude. He's a better punter. We're, we're lucky to have this man. Without a doubt. I mean, Hecker easily deserves a uh, special teams player of the week award because, like you said, it's not easy stepping into this position, you know, get extra point, field goal might not have been special from a field goal kicking uh, standpoint, but from a guy that never does it, that that is pretty incredible. And on top of all of that, he still performed really well as the punter the few times the Rams actually punted the football. So the way we should look at Hecker is he, he is one of the true leaders of this team. And like I said, this is, this is a guy that they could look to to become a backup quarterback. So you never know. <laughs> You never know, man. And hey, I Hacker made me think of this because I think it was Derek that mentioned he's kind of one of the only Rams left from the old regime. Do you? Know, I tweeted this out. I don't know if you saw it, but can you guess how many Rams on the roster right now were active in Sam Bradford's last start with the team? And bonus points if you can name them. Ooh, let me. I'm gonna say there's just one that I could think of, and that would be Roger Saffold. He is one of them, but there is more than one. There. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'll give you a number. There's five. five. Oh, damn, I'm way off. <laughs> <laughs> but Saffold is one. You want to try and guess the others? Hecker's one, um, too, but we ju- I just mentioned that. Okay, well, yeah, Hecker. I guess you could say Zerline. He's one of them. Um... Todd Gurley, I guess, yeah. No. Todd Gurley never even played with Bradford. Bradford's last season with the team was 2014. His last start was 2013. And Jake Jake McQuaid is one of the guys who I just going to assume you're not going to guess Jake McQuaid. But you're missing one more who's still a starter. And he's a starter. Okay. Um, Wow. The Uh, second longest tenured Ram on the team. Wow, I'm drawing a blank. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> Michael Brockers. Oh, I've actually hate myself for not knowing that. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. That's pretty crazy that 
that wasn't that long ago. And when I tweeted this out, I just for shits, I looked how many players were active the last time Nick Foles started, which was 2015. We had 10 active players and two more on that were injured. So 2015, we had we have 12 guys left from 2015 on a 53-man roster. That's pretty wild. Just some fun trivia for you guys. Uh, let's get to our players of the game here. And I'm going to go – I'll go first, so I'll let you think about yours, Johnny. I'm going with Brandon Cooks. He, he was very, very impressive. He was in week one. He had a really nice game. He drew those two pass interference penalties. One was huge and pretty much a game-breaker. And he might have had 159 all total yards in that game. But this week, he had 159 straight-up real yards, not hypothetical yards like on pass interference calls. He got seven passes on nine targets. He looked crisp, connecting with Jared Goff. He did it from the outside. He did it from the inside. Did it over the middle. Did, he did it everywhere, man. He was all over the field, catching balls. looked great. I know Norm is happy about this. This is his boy. And it, no more Sammy Watkins stuff here. We can put it to bed. Brandon Cooks, he has a connection with Goff. He can do what we needed Watkins to do and more. And, man, he is clearly the best receiver in this group, and it's a talented group of receivers. But who you got as your player of the game? Well, I have to live true to our to our podcast name. I'm going to butt heads a little bit here. Not that I don't agree that Cooks does – you know, he does deserve uh, some sort of recognition. And just to add to Norm, one of the players, me and Norm, agreed on uh, during the NFL draft so many years ago was to get Brandon Cooks. This is a guy we're both familiar with being out of the Pac-12 and everything. But I have to say my player of the game is going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to say the entire Rams defense. Limiting this, whether you think they're a terrible offense or not, limiting them to just getting past midfield one time in the game at the end of the game. I'm sorry, but that's, that's... too impressive a terrible offense or not this this defense truly deserves the game ball as a whole I I was even impressed with the linebackers the linebackers impressed me a lot considering you know they they didn't have the greatest first game you know against the Oakland Raiders so for Wade Phillips to get this unit back together and actually get to the point where they limit such you know a terrible offense to this point I'm really, I'm really impressed with this defense and looking forward to seeing what they do for the rest of the season. Yeah, I I think it's fair. I'll I'll give you a pass here. It is honestly ridiculous. Like, they they didn't cross midfield. How often does that happen? Like, how often does that happen to anybody? That's absolutely incredible that they did that. And I was just curious here because I know you mentioned the Cooks draft. I just pulled it up. It's one of the most, 2014, one of the most loaded draft classes in history. But, like, just listen to the receivers in this draft class. Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Calvin Benjamin, Marquise Lee, Jordan Matthews, Paul Richardson. Those three aren't great. Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry. That's incredible that those guys all came out of the same draft class. Uh, Tons of pro bowlers, a couple all pros in there. Cooks, hopefully, will get in his first Pro Bowl this year in his third straight thousand yard season. But, all right, whatever. Let's move on here. But before we do, we're going to give a quick shout out here to one of our sponsors, and that is Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Guys, I know we all love everything that has to do with 
the Rams, the LA Rams, but this is a great story about Rams history with a bit of a personal touch. And if you haven't read this book, I highly recommend you do. It tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the eyes, through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman from the team from 1953 to 1957. It's a son's story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. In this book, you'll learn about guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Tom Fears, Crazy Likes Hurts, Les Richter, and this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. If you want to get your hands on a copy of this book, you can get it at hollywoodsteam.com, and you can find him on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. You can also find it in hardback and electronic form for those Kindle readers out there on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find it through other booksellers on the internet. Your preferred bookseller probably has it. Guys, this is a great book. It's worth every penny for Rams fans out there just to learn about the history of the team. But also, it's a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Trust me, guys, this is an excellent book. It's called Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. All right. So, let's a couple bits of news and notes here to break down. The first is practice squad center Aaron Neary was uh, arrested on suspicion of a DUI after the Rams win. This could be a case of celebrating too hard, but he also drove under the influence, damaged property, never something you're supposed to do. Uh, Johnny, just give me your thoughts on this. It's not exactly what you want to see in, in a guy that is ultimately fighting for a spot on this roster at all times. There's a lot of talent that the Rams have, and for him to just kind of jeopardize not only himself in the matter, but kind of je- jeopardize his career here, not a smart move. And and I get it. You know, the Rams had one of the most amazing wins that they can possibly muster. So, yeah, I understand you want to you want to celebrate, but you you're you have to know that this isn't going to be a secret if you get caught and he did. So, now he's going to most likely face some type of charge against the league, especially if he's found guilty which I think he will be. So I'm very disappointed in this guy. And I I really hope for his sake that, you know, nothing more comes of this because he he can't afford any more of these kinds of mess ups in his career because, you know, know he can't afford what's that an Uber. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they make enough money. I know they don't make NFL salary money, but he's on the practice squad. Why don't you call an Uber, get yourself home instead of, driving and hitting bus stop signs and mailboxes and trash cans two hours after the game ended two hours oh geez uh, like i don't get it man i i, ne- I never understand why you got to be driving drunk especially when you have enough money in a big city that has plenty of uber drivers you call one get yourself home go get the car tomorrow uh, i mean i I hope this is it for him, too, in terms of getting in trouble and nothing else comes of it. Uh, I trust the team to make the right decision here. Hopefully they discuss it with him. I mean, if he has a history of question, questionable decision-making, which I don't know, uh, if he if he does, I don't think he deserves a spot. There's players who don't have a history that would handle themselves better here. But if he doesn't, I mean, talk it out. I, I trust the team to make the right decision here, but... Call freaking Uber, man! Like, what are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? You, you're in the NFL. You're, you're, you have clout now. People know you. 
get yourself home. Don't do this. Don't lose your job. Don't hurt somebody. Yeah. All right. Speaking of hurt, <laughs> Greg Zerline is injured. He hurt his groin in the preseason. Pre-game, not preseason. We're, we're past that, thank God. And he is going to be out for a few weeks, according to Sean McVay. Still on the roster. Hasn't been put on the IR, the pup. So that's a good sign. It shouldn't be too long. But we'll be with Johnny's boy, Sam Ficken, for a couple weeks. Johnny, you itching for some Ficken, buddy? You know, that pin, or that pin, that pun was unficken believable, man. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's just way too many puns with Ficken. I'm, I'm sorry. You'll probably hear a bunch more as this uh, season goes on with Ficken. So you're going to have to bear with me. But anyway, uh, Ficken is no Greg Zerloin. That's obvious. There's a reason why Ficken is not our starter. But at the end of the day, Ficken is some kicker that we are familiar with. Uh, I mean, he might do better than Johnny Hecker as a kicker. But, you know, I- I'm just glad that the the Zerloin injury wasn't as severe as I thought it might be. Considering he didn't come back, you know, the entire game, I was a little concerned it, w- it was going to be a lot worse. So, you know, a couple games I don't think will hurt the Rams too much. But that just means that the Rams are going to have to do a lot more to try and, you know, make it in the end zone rather than just settling for field goals. And I hope this is kind of a way for to challenge the Rams offense to to get in the end zone. So that Ficken's only real role here will be as a uh, extra point attempt, which I'm okay with. I think Ficken can handle that for sure. He's not the deep threat that Zerline is for sure, but he 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 was fine last year when we had to play him. I mean, I I we could do worse. I I'm okay with it. It's it is what it is. I'd much rather have Greg, but like you said, yeah, this is an offense that's gonna be pushing for the end zone more often than not. Probably not settling for too many field goals, and I I'm hoping that we get past midfield more often than not. We don't need to get those crazy Greg Zerline field goals like we had in the past. So Ficken, I don't have a lot of thoughts on him, man. He's, he's just a player. He's kind of your average kicker better than whoever the Vikings had this week and the Browns. So <laughs> at least we have that going for us. Uh, I, I don't think he'll lose us any games. He won't win any games for us either. It's like the Alex Smith, the kickers that that's what Sam Ficken is. Um, Ouch. I, I don't mean to revisit this, dude, but we I'm just thinking about how ridiculous this is. Aaron Neary is six foot four and two hundred and eighty-four <laughs> pounds and was double the legal limit two hours after the game ended. How much did he have to drink in that hour? I like mean... you gotta drink it and then you know, it takes like twenty minutes probably for everything to really settle in. We've all probably all drank before i mean do you think like he might have been drinking in the game dude I, is that even possible for someone that big two hours after a game to have gone gotten plastered and then gotten in his car and then been driving long enough for somebody to call the police several phone calls about him doing all that how is it even possible how is that possible you, you know steve one of these days we're gonna have to go to a bar <laughs> 
I will demonstrate for you. <laughs> like Mike, that's that's great. That's got to be a lot of alcohol. And if he wasn't drinking during the game, it, I I don't know. That's insane. All right, Michael Thomas heads to the IR, which was the move that made room for Ficken. That means JoJo Natson is going to be keeping this job either until Farrell Cooper comes back or the rest of the year. Maybe we'll be an emergency receiver too. Hopefully, knock on wood, we don't need him to be. Another news from the roster is Brandon Allen, the third quarterback that left us head-scratching him being on the team, was cut today. And also, a little breaking news on here on the podcast, Johnny, Isaiah Johnson was just cut. Reserve safety. Now, the Brandon Allen move was likely to clear room for Jamon Brown who is coming back from his suspension. And now we know Isaiah Johnson got cut. I I feel like there might be something in the works here. They got all that cap space. I have no idea what it would be, but it's kind of surprising to see two guys get cut and in going into week three. I know you're devastated about Brandon Allen. Steve, uh, I'll, I'll give you a moment to recollect yourself there. I, I am not but... at all. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the the Johnson uh, cut is a little bit of a surprise, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Snead has something cooked up, you know, cooked up. Jesus. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But, yeah, the Johnson move does come come at me as a surprise, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Snead does next. Uh, There's not a whole lot that the Rams need, but uh, maybe a linebacker? Fingers crossed. Yeah, maybe. Maybe um, Mark Barron is going to be out for longer than we think. Or maybe they just decided that they know who they want to bring back. Or they maybe they just didn't want to waste time for when Uncle Rockwell comes back. Who knows? Uh, that was a little bit surprising. In terms of Brandon Allen, I whatever. You know, we have Sean Manning as our backup. He's not that good. He's probably better than Brandon Allen. If something happens to Eric Goff, again, for the love of God, please don't. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. We're going to have to look for somebody else, or we're going to roll with Manning and probably lose a bunch of football games. But <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, I think we might have been able to beat the Cardinals with Manning because they would have never gotten that past midfield. But your Your faith. Your faith in our backup quarterbacks is very uplifting. They're so bad, man. I, they don't <laughs> learn their lesson. I know there's not a lot of good backup quarterbacks, but, like, come on. <laughs> it's oh, unbelievable. I but, think Kurt Warner's available. <laughs> probably do better than <laughs> Sean Mannion right now. I don't I don't know. We, we dwelled too much on this. We don't need to dwell on it. I do want to ask you this, though. Jamone Brown's coming back. Do you think he's going to – take his starting job back or you think they're just going to leave Austin Blythe in there? I think they might look at how he does in, in practice. I think that's one thing that Sean McVay is really good at is evaluating the talent on, during the practice. Maybe they kind of ease him his way back into the starting lineup. I would be really surprised, but you know, it's not that Austin Blythe hasn't done a really good job because you know, he has, he's done a really good job. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see if he can actually uh, take that starting job back. But yeah, I, I do expect them to kind of ease Brown in there. I don't expect him to take all the snaps right away. 
But you never know. Maybe Brown's just itching to get back in there. Not for a ficking, but <laughs> but to get back in there. <laughs> yeah, I think it practice is probably the right call here. I think there's no need to mess with it because I don't think Brown is that much better than Blythe. But if McVeigh does, then they should mess with it. Oh, and apparently Luis Perez and Tamara Hemingway both got cut from the practice squad. But so I, they're going to try and get at Brandon Allen on the practice squad. I think clearly if that's the move they're making. But I, I don't, I don't want to talk about the bad quarterbacks anymore. But yeah, so if they think Jamon Brown is that much better than Blythe, put him back in. No harm, no foul. Blythe will look good. It'll be good for him going into next season if he wants to get on another team or if maybe he'll keep a spot on the Rams. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But we will get into our week three preview in a second here. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our sponsor, our original sponsor at the Golden Ram Barbershop. Guys, if you're looking to support one of our own out there in the Orange County area and you like that classic old school barbershop experience with an old school barber, you should check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. 92683 is the zip code. The shop is owned by Sal Martinez, loyal Rams fan. He opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis, and he has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so you got to give him a call at 714-894-RAMS and set up your time. Again, that's 714-894-7267. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Let him know we sent you. Use the promo code RAMSTALK, and he'll give you a discount on an already affordable haircut. One more time, guys. This is Sal Martinez at the Golden Ram Barbershop. At phone number is 714-894-7267. A visit to a shop is worth it. Not only just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia around the shop, but Sal also provides you with that old-school barbershop experience. He'll talk Rams football with you and whatever else you want to talk about. Trust me, guys. This is a great experience. Johnny's been there. You can't go wrong with Sal. He's a great dude. All right. So we have an actual matchup this week. We are playing our crosstown rival, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, we'll start with this, Johnny. As an L.A. resident... How do you feel about this battle for LA here and any implications on you know, who quote-unquote owns the city or whatever? I feel like the real battle of LA happened you know, two weeks week ago. One? Yeah, the, that's a fair yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real battle for LA. But let's talk about the Sandy, I mean, Los Angeles Chargers here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the, the they're more of the Sandy. In fact, you know what? Let's go the, the Angels route. We'll call them the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Yeah, I, I, can I, I that. think that works really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but go ahead to take to take this a little more seriously, though. You're right; the Chargers are a little bit of a step up of the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. But at the end of the day, though, I still don't think they match up all that well against the Rams. It's a little bit better of a team. You did mention the running game, which, uh, yeah, I guess it's a little bit better. Still find David Johnson the better running back, but he's on a subpar offense. We kind of talked about that. The receivers is kind of interesting, and I'm looking forward to that because I don't know if they've ever you know, played against the secondary as stacked as the Rams secondary. So am I really worried about that? Not really. 
Um, and as far as the defense goes, that's where it might actually start to draw, you know, a little bit of concern. Uh, do you know if Joey Bosa will be back for this game? I don't think he will be, right? I don't. I don't know that. Let me do some research while you're talking here. But he did not play last week, and uh, apparently they're expected to keep him out until October. So that's that's obviously a big loss for the Chargers. He's one of the best Stevens players in the league. So if he's not out there, that's a big plus for the Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that for sure. They still have some, some guys out there, though, so – I'm not going to say that 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 they're in the clear there, because they they will still you know try and attack off and you know try and get to to him and Gurley. So uh, the defense will still pose a challenge for for the Rams, but I think this is where we're going to see if the Rams' offense is legitimate, if they're as good as you know Steve and I think they are, and that's what I'm kind of looking forward to defensively I am not too concerned I think if they can contain the uh, running backs I I think they're golden yeah Eckelar adds an interesting mix into the the whole system here but I'm with you I think this is a this is a big test for the offense more than the defense this is a big test for the defense don't get me wrong but I think we're very confident that this is probably the best defense in the league this is probably one of the best offenses in the league. I'm not ready to say it's the best, though, and I think this will be a good test for the Rams, even without Joey Bosa. This is they're gonna have a better front seven than any team we played, especially the Khalil Mackless Raiders. They're gonna have a better, probably better secondary too. I mean, they don't have Pat Peterson out there, but they got some good players. So this will be a really good test for McVay for Goff to. You know, sharp, sharp enough his throws. He looked a lot better in week two, I thought, than week one. He looked a lot sharper. He's made some small mistakes that we already mentioned, but I, I think this will be a good game for him. A good game for Todd Gurley as well, who it, on the ground, the Rams didn't do much against the Cardinals. Gurley obviously ended up scoring three touchdowns, so like we, there's no need to criticize his performance, but they ran the ball 19 times and didn't cross the 50-yard mark, so that gives me slight, slight red flags. Uh, obviously, I'm not concerned about Gurley, but yeah, I'd like to see him get some more yardage in this game. But it is the Chargers. They have a good defense. They have a very good offense. Eighth in scoring, third in total yards. The third best passing attack in the league. So, I mean, they played the Chiefs, who are really good. Their offense is what carried them, though, as in the Chiefs. They played the Bills, who are not good, and the Bills didn't do a terrible job in this game so that's a decent sign for the rams jared goff is better than josh allen todd Gurley's better than michelle mccoy brandon cooks is better than zay jones believe it or not um but yeah i am really interested to see this Rams secondary against the chargers because last week we talked about how i didn't really think we played against those, you know, fantasy football-wise, you're starting them every week no matter the matchup, guys. And Keenan Allen is about as close as we get to playing against one of those guys. And I really am excited to see Marcus Peters and Akita Leib, how they handle this guy, how they handle Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams, who are both good receivers. Obviously, Antonio Gates is there. We had a little tight end trouble in week one. 
We didn't last week, and I forgot to mention that too. Shout out to John Johnson who made some real good plays on Ricky Seals Jones. But yeah, this is going to be a very, very important game for the Rams. If they come out and stomp the Chargers like they did the two weeks, previous weeks, how they've given up no points in the last six quarters, that's a huge, huge move for the Rams if they could pull this off. Is there a. I think my player that I'm most interested on is Keenan Allen, and I really want to see how they guard him. Is yours Melvin Gordon, who you mentioned, or somebody else? I kind of want to say Melvin Gordon for sure, because I think if the Chargers play it smart, they will hand the ball off more to Gordon, you know, considering his health. I know he's kind of banged up a little bit in the, the Bills game, so we'll see, you know, how often they hand the ball off to him. But at the same time, I kind of want to say Phillip Rivers just because I know the type of quarterback Philip Rivers is. He's the kind of guy where if nothing's going his way, this is the quarterback you want to bench. And I've seen him in games where it's like, what, what, what is, is this the same Philip Rivers that we all know he can be? And I, I'm really anxious to see what he does against a you know, tough secondary like the Rams because if he does try to force the ball into tight coverage, we know what both Talib and Peters are capable of. And then that's not even, you know, all of our secondary. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Phillip Rivers just because I, I want to see what Phillip Rivers comes out on the field. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he goes gunslinging because I, I think it'll come back to haunt the Chargers. Philip Rivers, I got to say this, is the most entertaining player in the league to watch in between snaps because he is so funny. He goes so crazy about everything. He's just one of those guys that I love watching, especially when they're not playing. Um, But, yeah, Philip Rivers is definitely an X factor. This is one of the most talented offenses he's had, maybe since the LT days. Um, they're they're loaded at receiver. Melvin Gordon is doing what David Johnson should be doing, and Melvin Gordon kind of he came in in the same draft class as Todd Gurley, and he had him and Todd Gurley had very similar games last week. Not a lot of yards, but three touchdowns, so nobody cares. So th- those two guys will be X factors, and that's kind of the big three on offense: Rivers, Gordon, Allen. That's the best trio the Rams have faced yet. It might be the best trio they'll face all year. I mean, we'll have to look into that. But, you know, the Vikings, who they play in week four, I think Rivers is better than Cousins. I think Gordon is better than Cook. And I think Diggs is better than Allen. So I know the Vikings' offense is a little – or sorry, I mean Allen is better than Diggs. I know the Vikings' offense might be a little deeper. They got Thielen on there. They got Kyle Rudolph. And uh, quite frankly, they're probably better coached. But this, this is going to be a big test for the Rams. And – I believe it's prediction time, Johnny. In this game, I think I'm going to go 24-17 to 17 Rams. I think this will be a test for the defense, and I think they're going to step up to the plate. I could see it turning into a shootout, but in Rams fashion, I'd never expect to see them in a full-game shootout again. It'll only be one half because Wade Phillips is – a god at halftime adjustments. But I'm going to go with 24-17. I think this is a win for the Rams and what should be a pretty good game. 
What about you? I think it's going to be exactly like that. I think it's going to be a close competition. And the first half, I think that it's going to take a little bit of adjustment and halftime for Phillips. I, I'd even say that you might see even uh, two touchdowns in, in the first half for the uh, San Diego. Uh, let's get let's get that straight there. Los Angeles Chargers. I will say that's about it. I, I think the Rams, once they adjust, they will contain the Chargers, and this will turn out to be in the Rams' favor in the second half, and they end up winning 38-14. to 14. Whew. That's a hot prediction. I like it. Man, if we blow out the Chargers, that would be that would be something else. This is, this is a damn good football team out, out in L.A., next door in L.A., I guess. Do you think they changed the fight song? San Diego Superchargers. Do you think they still play it, or you think they just kind of got rid of it? Maybe they do, and then like they they do like one of those voiceovers where it's like you you could tell it's not the same person in the background, and they have like a completely different person doing Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, well you heard it here first. We both got them going three and zero, and we're gonna hit a quick fantasy five here in a second. But before we do. Guys, there's never a bad time to take care of your pool if you're out in Southern California. If you want to remodel your pool, resurface your pool, or if this is making you feel left out and you want a pool, you should check out Jayhawk Pool Plastering Remodeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Shout out to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim out there. Jayhawk Pool Plastering Remodeling serves the Orange County in the Southland. It is run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram John Hawk and the brother of Jim Hawk. He built his business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. Just head on over to his website if you want to see more at jayhawkpools.com. Take a look at the work. You'll see quality finishes, and you'll see testimonies provided by past customers who are very satisfied with their experience. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or get a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, guys, that's 714-695-0700. You can email him at info at jayhawkpools.com. Guys, this is another great opportunity to support a member of the Ramley, support the podcast, and just better your pool or better your yard. If you live out in the area, give Jayhawk Pool Plastering Modeling a call. You will definitely not regret it. All right, we're going to bring back the Fantasy Five this week, and we're going to start with two players who we've already talked about. Now, I alluded to this earlier that the Rams' secondary may become must-sit territory for opposing receivers because they don't get Odell Beckham, they don't get Hopkins, they don't get Antonio Brown, and and they don't get Julio Jones. And those are really the four. You're probably not going to bench those guys against anybody. Keenan Allen is one of the top receivers, but he's a hair under those guys. He's going to get a tough, tough matchup against Marcus Peters in the secondary this year. This week, he's got 14 receptions for 175 yards and a touchdown in the first two games. Johnny, I want to ask you this. If you were owned Keenan Allen, would you play him? No. Uh, Well, I mean, okay, let me uh, rephrase that. If I don't have any other option, yes. But if I have options, even some that I feel like would get better points— no, I'm, I'm going to sit him because I really don't think that Allen is going to get the type of numbers you're kind of accustomed to getting with uh, with Allen. So, yeah, I, I, I would sit him if I had other options. It's tough, man. It's real tough. Like, in, I have, I have a lead with Keenan Allen, and 
my backup receiver is Robert Woods, who, <laughs> yeah, right. So as a Ram fan, this is it's really tough because I don't think Keenan Allen is going to have that good of a game. But like, I still think there is a chance that he finds the end zone somehow and like like saves his day. And it's it's just really tough to take a guy out that that's good that that's that good that you spent a high capital draft pick on. I spent the second rounder on Allen. It was a late, pretty late second rounder, but I mean second rounder nonetheless. It's tough to bench him for a guy like Robert Woods, who he's been good this year, but he hasn't found the end zone. He he could have had a monster day if he connected with Goff on that pass last week, but it you know Keenan Allen's a much better player. And that's not even disrespecting Robert Woods. I just think Keenan Allen is really good. So I I think I'm leaning towards playing him. But if I had a receiver that's a step up from Allen or a running back that I really liked out in the flex that I could bump up somebody, it's it's tough because we know more than anybody this he's going to get eaten alive by that defense. And it really just depends you know, if you take him out and then he scores – it's double heartbreak for you as a Rams fan, but it's a tough decision, and I think I would lean towards keeping him in unless you had a really solid option, and then I wouldn't hesitate because it's going to be a tough afternoon for him. Another guy we talked about, that's number two, David Johnson. Again, check my Twitter tomorrow at C. Ribeiro if you want to check out my disaster recovery article going over David Johnson and the long-term solutions, and I'll kind of sum it up quick for you guys here. Like It has to get better. They can't be this bad all year. They have David Johnson, they have Larry Fitzgerald, and they have a quarterback on the bench that might be something. It's not going to get better this week, though. Chicago is a tough, tough matchup. And Johnson, he could save his day with a touchdown. I bet he will score a touchdown, and that's why I'm not going to bench him. But don't expect this to be the week you get the David Johnson you drafted. And you can check out my article for more he might not get that David Johnson ever this year because the Cardinals are not good. And I think we talked about the Cardinals enough on this podcast. So number three in the fantasy five, Josh Gordon to the Patriots. Here's what I want to say about Josh Gordon, who I have been high on, but I thought his draft price was crazy. If you were one of those crazy enough owners to draft him that high, you shouldn't trade him now. This is the best scenario you're going to get is him on the Patriots. Unless somebody offers you something ridiculous, move him. But if you have him, I would keep him and I would ride this thing out because you drafted Josh Gordon expecting a ride. If he's a free agent, get him. Use your way, use top waiver claim on him. Any waiver claim he's worth it. Uh, waivers are already done today. But if he somehow slides through it, pick him up. Absolutely worth grabbing. If you don't own him, I'm not making an offer for him. I mean, he's he hasn't really done anything. Anything. <coughs> oh my God. Hey, Gordon's used to that. <laughs> God, I feel like I just talked for five minutes straight. My mouth is dry. He, Anyways, he hasn't done much in five years, guys. 2013 was a long time ago. I believe in him, but I'm not making a crazy offer. He could dominate. He could be another guy that goes to the Patriots and doesn't show up, a la Ocho Cinco. Johnny, what, what are your expectations just for Gordon in general? I, I'm curious here. So here's the thing. I initially drafted Gordon. He actually went relatively low in in my league. Uh, but I ended up cutting him recently, and I'm trying to get uh, him back. Oh, no. 
Yeah, um, the uh, the Gordon scenario is kind of a mystery just because you know the capability that Gordon has. But the thing is, is Gordon willing to be a responsible person? Not even just a responsible player, but a responsible person. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. But again, he, he does come to a Tom Brady offense so i i think he's definitely worth having if if you can get to him uh or if you have him uh, i'm kind of with you where i don't know if i'd trade for him but I, I do expect you know him to have a much better situation than he had in cleveland i mean it's cleveland yeah and there, so for those that don't know the reason he got cut is because he hurt his hamstring tweaked it at a promotional photo shoot and it, it wasn't a substance abuse thing. It, it was rumored at the time that it was, but both everyone has denied that it was. They said this is what happened. Uh, it seems like it was just years of built up, you know, animosity between the two sides. Obviously, the Browns got a guy who looked like he could have been the best receiver in the league, and five years have gone by since then. And they they're probably just fed up with it. And they probably just wanted to end this chapter and move on. Sometimes it's best for both sides to move on. I think this is one of those scenarios. And look, I don't think he's going to be doing any more promotional shoots. I think the Patriots are going to lock this man in his room. And I I think it could be something special. He could really elevate that team. We'll see what happens. Number four, LaShawn McCoy suffering from a rib injury. It, I'm just going to say this. I, I own McCoy in a league. I'm not banking on him to be what I drafted him to be. The Bills are really bad, and unlike David Johnson, he's he doesn't have the the skill anymore to elevate the offense himself. He, am I going to play him if he's healthy? Yeah, probably, depending on the scenario, unless I have somebody that comes up and is better. But I think, for me, he's probably a flex play at best for the rest of the season, even if he's healthy, just... He's going to be keyed in on in that offense, and we'll see what happens, man. It's it's tough times out in there for Buffalo. Can you believe they made the playoffs last year? It, it certainly doesn't look like it's it. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> They're so bad. It's now, crazy. But then you have Josh Allen now as your starting quarterback, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you, man. I was never high on Josh Allen. I never thought he was going to be that great of a quarterback. I, I don't know. What, what do you think, man? I – you know, I'm going to give him the year, I and I think we'll see what happens. I think he's got big arm strength. I think um, I didn't like him as much as I like Darnold or maybe even Lamar Jackson. Uh, I probably would have had him on the, around the same level as Baker and Rosen. But I, I think the jury's still out. He's He's certainly got the tools, but can he put it all together? We'll have to see. And I think... You can even like say like, well, he's a rookie. They're gonna lean on LaShawn McCoy. I don't think they should. I think they should just let him go out there and make mistakes because they have absolutely no expectations at this point. They're not. Sorry, Bills fans. They're not going back to the playoffs. Like, absolutely no way. You know, let the guy learn. Let him make mistakes. Let him try and make some big plays. Let him do everything that you want him to do in the future. Just try it now. And if he fails, he fails. Don't just encourage him to keep trying. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. And number five, lastly, Carson Wentz is back. The almost league MVP last year in Super Bowl kind of champion Carson Wentz. Now, I've seen a lot of fantasy experts are kind of down on him. They don't think that he's going to 
do anything close to what he did last year. I kind of disagree, man. I think Carson Wentz is really good. I think that he might be better than Jared Goff. He probably is if he's if he can get back to form. And I think that he is going to be a spark that that offense desperately needs. Now, I'm not saying that he is going to be the t- kind of top guy that he was for most of last year in terms of fantasy quarterbacks, but he's easily a QB one for me. And if you have him, lock him in, especially with J.H.I. missing the game. They've been taking their time with Wentz, which means they know that he's 100% ready to go. And they're going to let him rip. I mean, what are your expectations for Wentz this year? As far as Carson Wentz goes, I, I do like Wentz a lot. Uh, to be honest, of the two between Goff and Wentz, I've mentioned it before, I'll say it again, I do think Wentz is the better quarterback, you know, prior to the injury, but it, it just depends. If if this is the same guy, Wentz is, you, you shouldn't be down on Wentz at all. This, this is a guy that would have easily won the Super Bowl for the Eagles had he been, you know, healthy. Unfortunately for him, his Super Bowl glory got kind of taken away from him due to the injury. But here's the thing. We don't know what what we're going to get with Wentz, you know, after this injury. So I'm still high on the guy until I see that Wentz can't be that same player that he was. I would go with Wentz over Foles any day. I, I just think it, it makes perfect sense to me. And it might take, you know, a week or two before he shakes the rust off. But I think ultimately this is going to be the guy to start and the guy to look forward to, you know, from the rest of the year on. And that's no disrespect to Jared Goff, too. I think we're all happy about it, even if Wentz is a little better. I like Goff. I'm glad he's our quarterback. And I'm sure the Eagles are glad Wentz is their quarterback. I will say this, though. I don't know if he would have won that Super Bowl. I think they would have gotten there pretty easily, but... Nick Foles just has, like, we watched him for a year. There's just something in that guy where, like, randomly he will make some of the single best throws you will ever see from a quarterback that other quarterbacks, great quarterbacks, might not even be able to make. And, unfortunately, it only happens, like, once a year. And, luckily for the Eagles, it happened in the Super Bowl. For us, it happened in his first start against the Seahawks where he had that insane game. But I don't know, man. Like, Nick Foles, 10% of the times, he's going to go out there and play like a Hall of Famer. And Wentz could be on track to being a Hall of Famer, for all we know. But I don't know. Nick Nick Foles, just, he, he is not scared of anything. And randomly, he'll just have those moments. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got. So we will not be on our normal schedule next week. I will be on vacation this weekend. And not sure if I'll be able to watch the game. But I definitely won't be able to podcast so, Johnny, I'll, I'm going to ask you this before we go. After the Vikings game, what do you expect our record to be, 4-0? Oh, you already know. Absolutely. 4-0, sir. There we go. I originally predicted the Rams to lose to the Vikings, but the smart move here would be, to, since we haven't seen them play the Chargers, to keep that prediction. Nah, I think we're going to be 4-0. I think we'll win both. <laughs> um, all right. Butting Heads will be back for the post-game podcast after the Rams take on the Vikings and Thursday night football in week four. So we will talk to you then, Johnny, you have any parting thoughts? Go Rams. Go Rams. All right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro. You can follow Rams talk at talk Rams. You can follow Johnny, Johnny five, not six. 
You'll find the Rams Talk Room on Facebook. Look us up on there. That's where we'll be chatting with you guys. We'll be posting our articles. We'll be talking to the people. And you can check out Rams Talk on Facebook in general. Facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Of course, RamsTalk.net. We'll have articles for you guys out during the week periodically. My, I'll be doing the stars of the game after every week. And don't forget to follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, Google Play, Player FM, and IE Beat Radio. All right. For Steve Ribeiro, I'm Steve Ribeiro. For Johnny Gomez, this is Steve Ribeiro starting off. Ah, it's been a long night. We will talk to you guys soon. I want to be Steve Ribeiro. I'm Steve Ribeiro? Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.